Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack family. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 114. This is the second part of our three-part interview with Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. In this episode, His Eminence speaks to us about the Marian Catechist Apostolate and why you should consider membership to it, but he also talks about practical atheism in the Church today. I think you'll like what he has to say. Have you heard? A brand new translation of the Holy Bible is available for Catholics. Introducing the English Standard Version Catholic Edition, the most beautiful and readable Catholic translation of the Bible. If you've ever had difficulty reading the Bible or are looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, this is the Bible for you. The new translation includes changes to nearly 60,000 words from the Revised Standard Version and is the best combination of a literal translation written in smooth and readable English. Available in bonded leather, hardcover, or softcover, the ESV Catholic Edition is a Bible you will love and a translation you can trust. To learn more about the ESV Catholic Edition or to purchase your copy, visit catholicbible.org. Again, that's www.catholicbible.org. Before we listen to Cardinal Burke, there are a couple of things I need to mention to you that I should have mentioned last week and forgot. First of all, I want to apologize about the poor sound quality on Cardinal Burke's end. The interview platform I began using with the Bellini interview has a good sound quality, but there were a couple of problems with this interview. Cardinal Burke's internet connection wasn't a very good one. He kept dropping off and freezing up. He was also using a very cheap, low-quality microphone. I remedied that for the next time we have him on the show, though, because I ordered a new microphone and had it shipped to him there in Rome. The other thing I wanted to mention is about His Eminence himself. This interview platform allows us to see each other while we chat. The last time I saw His Eminence, he was looking very tired. Frankly, I was a bit worried about him and urged him to get more rest. I suppose one advantage of the China virus is that it restricted a lot of travel. Prior to the pandemic, His Eminence was traveling all over the world every single day. But travel restrictions have apparently given his eminence time for much-needed rest. Consequently, he looked better than I'd seen him look in years. I'm glad, too, because he's extremely vital to the church right now. I have other comments I'd like to make, but I'll wait until we've heard from his eminence in this second part of the interview. Here's Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. Now let's shift gears a little bit. The last few episodes of this show have been to promote the need of listeners to be active in evangelization, appealing most especially to Catholics who know or understand little of genuine Catholicism. Last week, we did an interview with Philip Bellini about the Marian Catechist Apostolate. As the international director of the Apostolate, will your eminence please speak to the obligation of the laity to share and defend the faith and why becoming a consecrated member of the Marian Catechist Apostolate is so important? 
Well, the, the Apostolate was founded by a saintly Jesuit priest, Father John Anthony Hardin, with whom I was blessed to work in the last years of his life and those years in which he was really bringing the American Catechist Apostolate into being. And what he always told us was that we as Catholics, whether we're among the lay faithful or we're among the clergy or are among those who are consecrated, we have uh, the duty to give an account of our faith to others. And this most especially in a time when there are so so many less priests and so many less religious who are teaching the faith. Therefore, it behooves uh, the lay faithful in a particular way to prepare themselves to, to teach the faith either in a formal way through sessions of catechesis or in an informal way in their parishes, in their families, uh, in their places of work, and so forth. And so he, with a great deal of work, he developed the basic catechism course and an advanced catechism course in order that uh, uh, that lay faithful especially would be prepared to, to catechize, to evangelize and to catechize. And of course, you, Joe, know this program very well, and you know how serious it is, how thorough it is, and how in-depth it is. And of course, Philip Pellini, I'm so happy to hear you mention his name. He's one of our very devoted Marian Catechist now for many, many years. And uh, the, the Marian Catechist Apostolate centers on two aspects that are inseparable. One is the spiritual life of the catechist. Because basically the catechist is talking to other people about our Lord Jesus Christ, about his church. The catechist is sharing his or her knowledge of Christ. And if you don't have a deep spiritual life, you can't share that knowledge because you don't have it. You can't share Christ with others because you don't really know him. So there's a very strong emphasis on the spiritual life and then on the knowledge of the teaching regarding faith and morals. This is, I've just mentioned you now, referring to your own involvement with the American Catechist Apostolate, involves all the teachings of the faith. Uh, going in depth, Father Hardin was a a great teacher. He would, in the course, he asks hard questions and so forth in order to prepare ourselves uh, to really teach the faith, to evangelize people uh, in accord with the truth of the faith. I think this is what is so important to keep in mind today. Uh, there was a period, especially after the Second Vatican Council, in which the idea was that you should evangelize and catechize by making people feel good, by uh, simply uh, being friendly and nice and people. And certainly, we want to be very friendly, we want to be charitable, we want to be kind to everyone. But at the same time, we know that being charitable and being kind means speaking the truth. In other words, we have to tell people the truth that we know that we've been taught in the church. And that's really what they most look for from us. And that's what the Marian Catechist Apostolate provides. So I would urge uh, the Sixpack family to become acquainted with the Apostolate. It has a very fine website. And also the, the cat basic catechism course is online now. You can follow it online. Also, we have a wonderful uh, international office. 
located at the Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And you can contact the office directly, and they're very generous in, in helping to answer your questions or uh, also putting you in contact with the excellent literature on any question that you might have. Yeah, Your Eminence, I appreciate that, and I'm, I'd like to follow that up with a couple of comments to the six-back family here. Folks, there are links to both the course and the apostolate website in my show notes, and I urge every one of you to check into it. If for some reason you have difficulty reaching the apostolate, His Eminence's right hand here in the United States is Teresa Canothi, and she's a wonderful lady. She's anxious to hear this interview, by the way, Eminence. <laughs> We're going to, uh, I will put you in touch with her. I Listen, I will bend over backward for you to try to get you started in the Marian Catechist Apostolate. I believe it is just that important. Your Eminence, the next question, practical atheism used to be the exception in America, but it appears to be the rule today. It's been my experience that even among most people calling themselves Catholic, that they live as though God doesn't exist or that Jesus Christ is just a warm fuzzy rather than the incarnate word of God. What would your eminence say to these people? Uh, Jesus Christ is alive in his church. Jesus Christ teaches us in his church. He acts directly in our lives through the sacraments in the church, and he provides us guidance for our lives in the church, especially through those whom he consecrates by the sacrament of orders as bishops and, and priests to serve us, to help us on the way to eternal salvation. And so our faith is not in some vague idea. It's certainly not a faith in whatever makes me feel good at any given time or moment, but it's, a, as you put it very well, it's an incarnate faith. God himself taking our human flesh, speaking in, in our language, coming to us in visible signs in order to help us to know him, to love him, and to serve him, and finally to be with him forever in the eternal happiness of heaven. And so we, we don't pick and choose what we want to believe. We, we don't make our Lord Jesus Christ in our image, rather, we embrace what he teaches us in the church. We embrace the sacraments. We embrace the discipline of the moral life so that we are conformed to Christ, so that we undergo conversion. That's what needs to happen. Then brings us real peace. We're never at peace when we're simply doing what, what we like or what's the easiest way for us, or as you say, saying we believe in God, but then acting as if he didn't exist. No, uh, we find our true happiness when we drive ever closer to Christ, and when we draw closer to him, he makes demands on us, the demands that will lead to our eternal salvation. And so, trust in our Lord, be willing to, to die to yourself, to die to your had ideas and notions in order that Christ can be alive in you and can and bring you and all whom you need 
uh, closer to him and therefore closer to eternal salvation. Thank you very much, Eminence. I appreciate that. You know, one of the frustrations among priests, good priests today, I think, is that people do live essentially as practical atheists because they live as though God doesn't even exist, despite the fact that they contend that he does. And I had a priest recently complain to me. He said, people just don't go to confession anymore. And I I guess that struck me the wrong way because I responded by, well, Father, whose fault is that? Because they just aren't being taught the faith from the pulpit anymore, even among some of the best Orthodox priests, because they're scared to death of their bishops or they're scared to death of of offending people in the congregation, afraid it might affect the bottom line on collections, things like that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take over the interview. I just, while you were talking and, and I'm thinking about this question, it it's a real soft spot with me. So. Yes, I understand. Uh, I think the thing we have to remember is uh, the only thing we should be afraid of is losing eternal life. We, we shouldn't be afraid of any other person or any other thing. Sure, harm can come our way but not ultimate harm. Uh, as long as we're with Christ, we know that the, the final chapter is going to be eternal life, and that's the, the path we want to stay on. St. Paul said, I fought the good fight, I stayed the course, I kept the faith. That's all that matters in the end. Amen. I agree with that completely. I mean, it's people tell me, you know, everybody seems to be afraid of this uh, pandemic, and they tell me, oh, I... You know, I've got to protect myself. I got to protect other people. You know, God's not going to take me one second earlier than he wants me. And he's not going to let me stay here one second longer than he wants me here. It doesn't matter if the COVID-19 kills me. I step out in front of a bus or if Haley's Comet falls out of the sky and kills me. I'm going to go when I'm supposed to go. And death is not the ultimate harm. Right. The ultimate harm is losing our souls. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry, Eminence, I'm getting fired. Well, that's right. <laughs> His Eminence spoke to the spiritual aspects of the Marian Catechist Apostolate, something I think is very important. Not only will membership to the Marian Catechist Apostolate cause you to learn the faith better than any other Catholics you come into contact with, but the spiritual requirements of membership will deepen your relationship to God and help you move closer to spiritual perfection. Be sure to check out the Marian Catechist Apostolate by clicking the link in my show notes. When addressing the issue of practical atheism, His Eminence brought up something you've heard me talk about time and time again. His Eminence mentioned that we can't allow ourselves to become cafeteria Catholics, that is, those who say they accept everything that the Catholic Church teaches, but disagree with the Church on this or that. As Americans, we tend to be very opinionated, and we don't like people telling us what to believe. But the problem with that in this case is, the Catholic Church's teachings aren't people telling us what to believe, but rather God himself. God's in control of everything. Cafeteria Catholics are willing to admit, even sometimes eager to admit, that God's the victor over Satan and evil. 
but he isn't really the victor, and that's where people get it wrong. The angels are the victors over Satan. God isn't the victor because, well, he's God. Being a victor implies that a combatant could possibly lose. God is supreme. He has no competition and therefore can't lose. Satan's rebellion and the introduction of evil wasn't an attempt to fight and overthrow God. It was merely a refusal to submit to God. No one could defeat him because God has no equal. So anyone foolish enough to attempt to defy God automatically loses before he even begins. Game over. Therefore, you either accept everything God says, or you end up in the very same condition as Satan, and that's eternity in hell, completely separated from God and the paradise established for us before time began. When Jesus established the church, he made it a divine institution. As Cardinal Burke said, Jesus lives in the church. St. Paul repeatedly says that the church is the mystical body of Christ. He is its head and we are its members. The Holy Spirit is the soul of the church, thus giving it life on the day of Pentecost. Jesus passed on to the Catholic Church his own mission and his own authority. All of this is found in the Bible, both Catholic and Protestant versions. Therefore, to disagree with the Catholic Church on any matter of faith and morals that have been taught in the constant 2,000-year teaching of the Church isn't an option. To be blunt about it, you either agree with and obey God or you go to hell. It's as complicated and as simple as that. I get it that we have a lot of bad bishops and priests, but they're not the Church. If they're traitors, they're going to be judged accordingly. Don't be judged with them by denying a single teaching of Catholic faith and morals. But what about those of you in the six-pack family who aren't Catholic? Jesus established one church. He called it my church in Matthew 16, 18. He didn't establish many churches, only one. And this one church, the Catholic church, was the only gay man town until Martin Luther revolted 1,500 years later. Now there are some 40,000 Christian churches in America alone. Are we to believe then that Jesus got it wrong and we had to wait on Luther and his spiritual descendants to get it right 1,500 years later? That's the implication, but that's also ridiculously absurd. By the mere fact that you're a Protestant and a member of the six-pack family speaks volumes about you. You're already a Catholic in your heart and mind, so why not make it official? You already know that Jesus established the Catholic Church, so by refusing to become a Catholic is to condemn your own soul to hell. I'll happily discuss this with you at any time. Just reach out to me through my website. Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a holy Orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, the Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic is barely two years into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 77 countries, all 50 states, and 177 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women, ages 18 to 34. 
The show's average growth rate through 2020 was 14% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each episode's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today on the Sponsor Kit page on our website, cantankerouscatholic.com, or email Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. Joe Sixpack. The Every Catholic Guy wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. President Biden rescinded the pro-life Mexico City policy, which ensured that foreign aid would not go to organizations that perform or refer abortions. The Reagan administration first announced the policy at the UN Conference on Population and Development in Mexico City in 1984. Every Republican president has enforced the pro-life policy, and every Democrat president has removed it within their first days in office. Would you get a load of that? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to Catholic World Report. Twitter has suspended Catholic World Report's account because the Catholic publication referred to Biden's transgender nominee as a biological man identifying as a transgender woman. Twitter said those words were a violation of Twitter rules against hateful conduct. Catholic World Report will not be allowed to tweet from its account unless it deletes the message that Twitter opposes. I hope they stand their ground. CWR doesn't need Twitter anyway. No, 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 no! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to the Catholic vote. The Associated Press released a scathing report on Catholic institutions that received government aid during the pandemic lockdowns last year. The massive report amounted to an in-depth audit examining the finances of nearly 200 Catholic dioceses in an attempt to judge their relief money against their existing assets. Despicable! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to National Review Why do progressives have a reputation for open hatred of Catholics and Catholicism? Only because they keep publishing things like Peter Hammond Schwartz's essay in The New Republic entitled Originalism is Dead, Long Live Catholic Natural Law. To get the full flavor, you must begin with the illustration of Justice Amy Coney Barrett as the Pope. Watch it, jerk! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number One Hats off to Breitbart News. 
In a recent op-ed published in Newsweek titled, A Second Internet is Needed for American Survival, Marvin Avila, the CEO of Wright Forge, argues that American survival is dependent on reigning in big tech firms and the possibility of the creation of a new type of internet. All right! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. A woman went to her priest to complain that her husband mistreated her. The priest knew the woman became angry at every little thing her husband did and that she caused him to become angry with her nagging tongue. So father concocted a little remedy for the situation. The priest handed the woman a bottle and said, Here you are, take this medicine, and it'll cure your anger and quarreling. But what kind of medicine is it? asked the woman. It's miraculous water. Miraculous water? What do I do, sprinkle it on my husband? No, not at all. All you have to do is keep some in your mouth. As long as you do that, he'll never feel any desire to fight with you. The woman understood what father meant. From that time on, she never gave her husband anything to argue about. I didn't tell this story to start any trouble between some of you married folks, although I realize the story describes an all-too-often occurrence in the relationships of some couples. My intent was to use a story to demonstrate the silliness of anger and its provocations. As we continue our discussion of the Fifth Commandment, looking at this lady's angry husband and her provocations is a great place to start. Genuine anger is usually a venial sin, unless the angered person goes into such a rage that he appears to have lost his senses. The reason I said genuine anger is, we must always distinguish between anger and righteous indignation. Anger is a sin against charity, and we should all do all we can to avoid it. Righteous indignation is a just anger over sin, and it motivates an orderly desire for punishment. Another important sin against the fifth commandment we should discuss is one that's topical and in the news fairly often these days, euthanasia. Euthanasia is immoral because life is taken with the excuse of avoiding pain, shortening suffering, or eliminating someone who's supposedly useless to society because of old age, defect, or illness. Only God can decide when life can end. Christ sanctified suffering on the cross. For those who suffer and aren't Catholic, the Holy Spirit can use that suffering in the process of the person's conversion. The person who's already a Catholic can unite his suffering with the crucified Christ, thereby making his prayers very powerful and honorable in the sight of God. St. John Paul II made the suffering of his final years very evident to the world because he was trying to show us the importance of offering up our suffering. 
he did just as we all should do. He offered his suffering and reparation for his sins, as well as the sins of the whole world. Direct sterilization is always mortally sinful, if done with the intention of preventing conception. Direct sterilization removes, for selfish reasons, the procreative power given for the generation of human life. This includes tubal ligation and vasectomy. Indirect sterilization isn't sinful at all, because it's done to correct a serious pathological condition. An example would be a hysterectomy when a woman has cancer. Gluttony is defined as any excess, not just eating too much, and it's always sinful. The abuse of drugs or alcohol, you know, drunkenness, is always excessive and therefore always sinful. Intoxication is mortally sinful when the person is so drunk that he can't distinguish between right and wrong, or if he can't remember his actions when he sobers up. Scandal is yet another sin against the fifth commandment, but most people don't understand the proper meaning of the word. The church defines scandal as any action or its omission, not necessarily sinful in itself, that is likely to induce another to do something morally wrong. Direct scandal, also called diabolical scandal, has the deliberate intention to induce another to sin. In indirect scandal, a person does something that he or she foresees will at least likely lead another to commit sin, but this is rather tolerated than positively desired. The fifth commandment obliges us to take the ordinary means to preserve our own life and health, as well as that of our neighbors so far as we're able. We're not, however, obliged to take extraordinary means which involve extreme difficulty in order to preserve our life. Extraordinary means are to be taken, though, when the person is very necessary to his family, the church, or society. Extraordinary means of preserving life is a constantly evolving situation due to the technological advances in medicine. For example, back in the 60s when they first started doing open-heart surgery, it was considered extraordinary means to have, say, bypass surgery. It's become so common today, though, with significantly fewer risks, that it's now considered ordinary means. Despite the commandment's admonition that we must protect and preserve our own life, a person may risk his life or health if there is a proportionately serious reason. A good example would be for a soldier to throw himself on a hand grenade to save his fellow soldiers. This is, after all, what Jesus did for all of us on the cross. Direct or culpable suicide is a mortal sin because God alone has the right over life and death. When a person commits suicide, he attempts to displace God and his rightful authority. Of course, the victim of suicide who suffers from elements that restrict his free will may not be responsible for his act in God's sight. Finally, there's the question of organ transplantation. Anyone who begins to study the fifth commandment begins to scratch his head and wonder if this common medical practice is actually morally permitted. The church does permit the transplantation of vital organs, provided the donor is truly dead or if he can lead a completely normal life without the organ. Donating a kidney is an example. Next week, we'll begin looking at two commandments together, the sixth and the ninth. 
Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. The Catholic Church is two thousand years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from Pope St. John Paul II. He said, Freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A glass jar full of peanuts stood on the table. Little Rusty loved peanuts. He saw his brother and sister take some, so he wanted some too. Since he was just a little guy and couldn't reach the jar, he pushed a chair to the table and climbed up on it. When he got the jar, he put his hand in it and grabbed as many peanuts as he could. Then he tried to pull his hand out, but the mouth of the jar was too narrow for him to get his hand out with so many peanuts. He pulled and pulled, but to no avail. Finally, he began to cry and call his mother. She heard him and came running to see what was wrong. What's the matter, Rusty? she asked. This stupid jar won't let me have any peanuts, he cried. His mother smiled when she saw the cause of the problem. Stop crying, she said. That's what you get for being so envious and selfish. Open your hand and let the nuts drop back into the jar. Rusty did. Now put your hand out of the jar. But mommy, he cried, I want some of the nuts. Yes, his mother answered, but if you try to take too many at once, you can't have any at all. Try taking only a few at a time. Rusty did as his mother told him and had no trouble at all getting his hand out of the jar with a few nuts. Selfishness is the cause of envy, and envy is a fault against charity. Rusty envied his brother and sister because they had some peanuts. His selfishness made him want to take even more than they'd had. Try to control your selfishness by being moderate. Overcome envy by generosity towards your neighbor. Under the Constitution, established law, and historic precedent, members of both houses of Congress and Vice President Pence could have saved our constitutional democratic republic on January 6th, but they didn't. 
They could have stood up to fight for us, but they chose not to. Every one of these people are guilty of treason against the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. This has nothing to do with Trump losing the election, but rather the integrity of our elections and defending the Constitution. Therefore, until I've finished the list, every week I'll tell you who those Republican traitors are, five at a time. Then it's up to you to defeat these folks during the primaries in the voting booth so they're thrown out of office. They don't even deserve to be American citizens, much less members of Congress. This week's list of traitors include Senator Jim Inhofe from Oklahoma, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, Senator Mike Lee of Utah. Now that one really kind of surprised me. Senator Kelly Loeffler from Georgia. That one didn't surprise me at all because she's just the right. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.